From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, folks, it's another wacky day in Joe Biden's America, and I am simply your tour guide. Now, as the baby-faced assassin, there's a lot I have to go through uh, to get an just a simple show uh, in the can and uploaded. But man, some days like today, it's a little it's a little overwhelming because there's so much blockbuster news going on. Now, uh, before I get into the all the fun stuff for today. Uh, just to let you know that you can always send us email at inblackandright at gmail.com or check out our website inblackandright.net. And today was a pretty historic day for the Supreme Court. And yes, they, the Supreme Court ruled that race-based admissions for colleges is unconstitutional. Yes, my friends, affirmative action for universities is supposed to come to an end. Now, I use the word supposed to because when you're dealing with something like this and you're dealing with ruthless, crafty leftists and Marxists, socialists, whatever uh, ist you want to put on there, communist, these people aren't really going to be okay with this because they're going to find whatever stinking way they can to get around the Supreme Court's decision because in their minds, the Supreme Court is illegitimate and therefore they don't really feel like they have to uh, follow a Supreme Court ruling. They just don't, but... I mean, it's nice to know that they did take the issue head on. And for those who may not understand uh, how this started, uh, there were two cases that went to the Supreme Court eventually, and it had to deal with uh, race-based admissions at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the home of my beloved Tar Heels, which really made me mad and want to cry at the same time. But now, with this ruling, and also keep in mind, it, it was two separate cases uh, that happened. Now, the first one dealing with the University of North Carolina, it was a 6-3 to three decision uh, by the justices. The only real difference is the, the case with Harvard was a 6-2 to two decision because the newest justice, Katanji Brown-Jackson, who served on a Harvard board recently before she became a Supreme Court justice, she recused herself from the case. So, okay, that kind of blew my mind, but hey, it's all good. Um, 
so so now we have this ruling and it is a pretty historic uh, but the um, the sad part is that the Supreme Court has screwed it up on so many other uh, consequential cases it really is but hey this is a nice way to say okay cool you know but when I think about affirmative action, that's been one of my pet issues for decades. I've always, I've never liked affirmative action. Never liked it at all. It makes, it makes me angry because it is really an insult to minorities and even to women to a degree that somehow you need to have the government get you into a college you can't seem to do it on your own merit with your own qualifications and experience. That's what really bugged me about it because I think of the story of my grandparents, my father's parents. Both of them were from the South, the Jim Crow segregated South. And each of them in their own way had pretty amazing careers and they didn't need affirmative action to do it. Now, my grandfather, who was one of four teachers, so I've got a lot of educators in my family, he was able to get his master's degree before the age of 19, his master's degree. And I thought, man. Now, he did go to a historic black college in North Carolina, but no matter what the college, to have achieved something like that is nothing short of amazing, and he didn't need affirmative action to do it. My grandmother had a pretty amazing and remarkable career in medicine. She was an anesthesiologist, and she was the first black female anesthesiologist in the history of the state of Oregon. Now, she was a pioneer, and she broke the glass ceiling. And for that, I am truly, truly proud of the lineage that I come from because they were two amazing people who knew the value of education in a time when so much was against them. They all, they weren't rich at all. They grew up in poverty. They grew up in Jim Crow and segregation and discrimination and all of that. But they, in spite of it all, they had remarkable, remarkable careers. And I am truly proud to be in their lineage. So this is part of the, re and of course, one of the people who voted in favor of getting rid of affirmative action was, of course, Justice Clarence Thomas. He was so hated by the black progressive left because he didn't, he, he didn't get with the program. He wasn't down with the struggle. I said, not down with the struggle. The man became the second black man to hold the post of Supreme Court Justice. 
right in the tradition of Thurgood Marshall. And he didn't feel that he got any sort of preferential treatment or set-asides or trying to meet a quota. So listening to this gobbledygook was just for all these years, and they hated, they hated Terrence Thomas for that, and they still do. And black liberals are now going to have even more of a reason to hate him because he helped end affirmative action or at least gave it a try. Now, like I said, this ruling is not going to set well with a lot of these elite colleges, so don't be surprised over the next few months or maybe even years that uh, it's going to be okay with them. They're just going to roll over and play dead. Uh-uh. Always remember, and I try to tell this to people, when it comes to leftists, when it comes to Marxist, socialist, communist, whatever, they will not quit. They don't quit. They are relentless in the pursuit of their very messed up, highly whacked agenda. And that's the lesson, I'm afraid, that some conservatives still haven't learned. The price of freedom is still eternal vigilance, especially when you're dealing with people like this. It, be, it, be it education. I mean, we've already got to deal with CRT, uh, DEI, and gender ideology. That's a mess right there. But, I mean, I'm glad they got it right when it comes to this, but... I'm not 100% certain they're going to, you know, are there going to be any ways to enforce this, any mechanisms in place? I'm not sure yet. And I don't know if, they, if any of them are sure, but at least this is a start. And I'm very grateful uh, to see this happen. But as we continue on our tour, ah, yes. Our friend, our friend Hunter Biden. <clears throat> now, story from Just the News. Uh, headline, pressure grows on judge to reject Hunter Biden plea deal amid evidence of DOJ interference. Now, this is the continuing saga of why the Justice Department and Attorney General Darth Merrick Garland is a lying sack of manure. Actually, it's a lying pile of manure because Chuck Grass Garland apparently was grilled by Senator Chuck Grassley uh, in a recent hearing that he had in the Senate, and it all boils down to the whistleblower the IRS whistleblower who now has company two IRS whistleblowers each of them with serious receipts as to the interference of the Justice Department not letting them conduct their investigation uh, the way they wanted to when it comes to uh, Hunter Biden and everything else so yeah this this is just one aspect of how 
uh, of how the DOJ did its job to throw a monkey wrench in the investigation when Merrick Garland publicly has stated that the U.S. Attorney David Weiss from Delaware was going to have all that he needed to conduct the investigation and yet we have the whistleblowers saying, uh, wait a minute, we weren't allowed to do our uh, regular investigation. I mean, it was pretty routine, you know, you, uh, that they wanted. But no, the problem was that, uh, <laughs> the problem was that, yeah, it, it wasn't exactly the way that Merrick Garland said it was. So you now have two competing versions. And frankly, I find the IRS whistleblowers an awful lot more credible than, uh, than the Justice Department and Merrick Garland. And we still have plenty to do. I mean, Gary Shapley has been all over the place. He's been on Fox. He's been other places talking to CBS and he's just put it out there that the Justice Department threw monkey wrenches and wouldn't let David Weiss do his job and they wouldn't let the IRS do its job this is insane folks this is totally in freaking sane and yet now we have James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee, and frankly, I, I'm left scratching my head as to what the heck are a lot of these people doing in these committees? I mean, key committees, especially oversight, and now you have the Ways and Means Committee that has released all kinds of evidence I mean, solid, credible evidence that has taken Joe Biden and his sad, sad denial that he didn't know about, he didn't get involved in Hunter's business, he didn't know any of his associates, blah, blah, blah. Now, we have photographic evidence that he did meet and know some of Hunter's business associates. We have the not one, but two WhatsApp messages from Hunter to Chinese, communist Chinese officials hey, saying, hey, my dad's in the room. Where's the money? That, that right there. That, if that's not enough, and the conflicting testimony of Merrick Garland to Congress, I'm like, I don't know what it's going to take for some folks to wake the heck up and realize Joe Biden is compromised. I mean, you're talking the whole thing with the bribe from the Burisma official in Ukraine. You've got all this stuff from China. Now Romania is uh, starting to come into view and more into the picture. And yet, any credibility that Joe Biden had with his denials of his son and his uh, shady business are gone. They're, they're totally gone. And I don't know what it's going to take, but 
frankly, if the members of Congress of these key committees, Comer at Oversight, uh, Jason Smith, who seems to be doing the best job so far over at Ways and Means, uh, you also have to deal with the Judiciary Committee and Jim Jordan. I'm like, fellas, what's going on here? Can we not get our, can you not get your butts in gear and actually start digging even deeper and starting uh, impeachment inquiries? Seriously? At the very least for Chris Ray and Merrick Gar Darth Merrick Garland? Because I'll tell you, if you're not going to, you need to tell the American people now. Because if you're not going to do what you promised and campaigned you would do, and this is what we get for a result, 2024 is not going to be looking good for you. It's really not. So pretty much get it in gear, dear, because this is crazy. Now, of course, along that same line, uh, <laughs> oh, this is, this is crazy, especially when you're dealing with the Biden crime family. Now, the GOP, uh, the headline from Just the News, GOP demands Treasury handover reports involving Burisma and alleged Biden bribery. I'm thinking to myself, uh, dear Congressman Comer, what the hell were you doing over there at the Treasury Department having to take all these members to go over there and to look at these suspicious activity reports, which are by the boatload? Why don't you just, oh, we're going to demand that Yellen give us those documents. It's like, why didn't you do it earlier? Seriously. Why did you did you not do this earlier, sir? You do have oversight. So if they're not going to, if Treasury's not going to be cooperative, then fine, turn the heat on them. Make them burn, make them sweat. Do something. Get it, get it in gear as far as the um, impeachment inquiry in, for Joe Biden. Because this guy has got all kinds of issues. Credibility issues, physical issues, I mean, memory issues. I mean, my Lord. Can, I mean, when he goes and says that Vladimir Putin is losing the war in Iraq. What? Iraq? I didn't know the Russians were fighting in Iraq. I, I, he meant, I'm sure he meant to say Ukraine. But still, this is the kind of guy that is so moral and so clean. It's like, man, I, I, I'm left at a loss. Now, you have, now you've got this whole thing, which is part of the Biden crime family. Uh, the Oversight Committee uh, wanting Treasury to hand over the suspicious activity reports or the SARS reports. Because apparently, according to a cursory subject, a, a, a perusal, I should say, of these documents, the thickest one has to deal with Hunter Biden and child sex exploitation and trafficking. Seriously? 
and, and they're not and they're not going to get get it together and get it in gear now grant you because it's got to be because of Kevin McCarthy a couple days ago on CNBC on their Squawk Box show having to say that saying that Trump may not be the strongest candidate and oh baby that did not set well with uh, the boss because the same Donald Trump you just dissed is the same Donald Trump who got your sorry butt after 15 rounds of voting to become the Speaker of the House and he was working behind the scenes to get the Republican conference to vote for you and believe me I'm sure he had to do an awful lot <coughs> excuse me an awful lot of uh, maybe some arm twisting whatever it took and now all of a sudden and now here comes uh, here comes McCarthy having to apologize essentially and grovel uh, to apologize to Trump because he knows Trump will give him all kinds of grief I mean all kinds of grief and 2020 especially in a 2020 you know, the 2024 election cycle heck we haven't even started uh, with the primaries or the Iowa caucuses and the establishment apparently is getting really really well ballsy to just go you know, we're gonna take out Trump I mean to the point now you're break you're bringing up Paul Ryan the former speaker Trump hater who did everything he possibly could to make life hell on Donald Trump and now he's on the board of directors of News Corp which happens to be the parent company of Fox News also it owns the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post but it's mostly Fox and yet here's Paul Ryan same show CNBC Squawk Box saying that it's dangerous if Trump became president or got nominated I'm like what wait wait wait, wait a minute that really takes some serious chutzpah now keep in mind News Corp is a publicly traded company which means its board of directors which includes Paul Ryan has a fiduciary responsibility to its shareholders and for him as a member of the board to make such a dangerous irresponsible and frankly irrational statement like that I'm surprised if anybody has any stock in News Corp you ought to start demanding that Ryan stepped down because nobody else from any other media company has said something that irrational and frankly too dangerous because it's already bad enough there have been sort of reports and rumors that Trump's life is in danger which already makes it a tough enough job for the Secret Service and for his private security but to have people like 
Paul Ryan, who's Kevin McCarthy's buddy. Oh, my Lord. That absolutely makes me want to scream. I'm like, this is why you're far too establishment and irrelevant, Mr. Mr. Ryan. Seriously irrelevant. And if you honestly think that you know you can find anybody in the Republican field as it's currently configured that can take out Trump, good freaking luck. Because the establishment is so hoping and putting its, its eggs in one basket that somehow Trump is going to get convicted and he's going to be sent to federal prison for the rest of his life. And so they figure they can get another candidate in there. I'm like, but the problem is the establishment's grand plan has blown up in their face. Every indictment so far, Bragg in New York, Jack Squat uh, for the special counsel for the DOJ, or the, the special prosecutor, he threw in his uh, indictment, and we're waiting for the goofball Democrat over in Atlanta that's going to, oh, we're, we're going to file our indictment. Every stinking time you get an indictment on Trump, you don't destroy him, you make him stronger. Look at the polls, if you don't believe me. Every time, every time, uh, Trump gets indicted, his polling goes up, not just within the Republican Party. No, I mean, he's got the primary, he's got the nomination, no matter what. and. And I know there's going to be people who are like, well, he's this and he's that. He doesn't have that. It's like, sit down and shut up and have a cookie. You're, you're sounding annoying and you're not a know-it-all. Trump will be the nominee. I said it back in November of 2022, right after the midterms. So... But not only does he have it for the Republicans. I mean, he's 20, 30... 40 points ahead, depending upon the state you're talking about and the polls. But he's even ahead of Biden. And this is what makes the establishment rhinos and the Democrats nervous as all get out. Because they are nervous. Do, do not let the mainstream media tell you otherwise. The Democrat Party is scared and nervous. They're looking at the coverage of the Biden crime family. They're looking at the corruption. They're looking at the bribery, the influence peddling. They're looking at all of it. And they are, there's got to be in the deep, dark recesses of the DNC, they have to be wondering they are going to need a replacement. And the guy they're looking at is got to be, and, and Tucker Carlson even speculated on this, it's going to be California Governor Gavin Grusom Newsom. You know, Mr. Hair Gel, Mr. Smile, and, and all of that. Apparently, he's got a finance team that's ready to go and raise all kinds of money 
when it should Biden go kaboom or implode. So or you know he, or something happens. So yeah. Do not be surprised, folks. Do not be surprised if this happens. Now, the obvious question. Well, what about Kamala Harris? <laughs> Trust me. She's worse than Biden. I mean, NBC News, I mean, of all people, did a poll and the popularity of Kamala Harris, she is essentially the worst vice president in American history. That does not bode well. And I tell you, <laughs> it's going to be real interesting should they have to get an understudy ready like Newsom, a fellow Californian, to basically go over Kamala Harris's head. I'm like, oh man, that will be ugly. That would be absolutely ugly. But what can you do, folks? We have to wait and see. We have to wait and see if the Republicans are serious about doing their due diligence and oversight. We have to see if uh, if Kevin McCarthy can actually not be such an obvious swamp creature that he's not going that he might actually have a spine and not listen to the donor class up in Wall Street. That's why he part of the reason why he was in New York the other day. We, it's like the man needs to basically realize Trump is the guy, he's going to be the nominee, and he's going to have to get in line and not try to kneecap him or torpedo him as the nominee. Because I can assure you, for every MAGA, America First patriot, there are very rich, very powerful very influential uh, donors, billionaires, hedge fund guys who are going to do whatever they possibly can to torpedo Trump and they're going to be sneaky as all get out because the guy they thought could do the job, Ron DeSantis, my governor, uh, sorry, he, he's, he's a mess. He is essentially run by the billionaire donor class and it's not helping him. It's not helping him because they're still hoping and praying that Trump will get taken out. And I can pretty much tell you, Trump is going nowhere. Trump will not give up. He will fight. He will fight. He has galvanized his base. And even those who aren't even Republicans, there are the blue dog Democrats You've got independents. The polling is showing it. I mean, with a coalition like that, and who knows, maybe a little bit of help from RFK Jr. Because I guarantee you, although he's got a pretty good showing and instant name recognition, the DNC will, will stop him. They will squash him like a bug. So this is going to be interesting to see because... This, uh, this political cycle is going to be probably one of the most weird, wild, and wacky I have ever seen 
in over 25 years of doing media and 30 years in the political world. So hang tight, buckle up, and stay vigilant because if we don't, we're going to get 2020 all over again. And I can assure you that the swamp, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, maybe even the NSA are going to do whatever they can to make to try to screw this up and and essentially mess up Trump and the America First movement and MAGA. So ah, stay tuned, my friends. Just stay tuned. And with that, I will say so long for now. Uh, you can always find our podcast uh, on. We're available on all pl- podcasting platforms. Just find in black and white or my name, Jerry Brooks. Subscribe and follow us and get notified when new episodes become available. And with that, take care, my friends. God bless. See you tomorrow on WTF Friday. So for now, always remember, patriots come in all colors. 